cultivation or engagement of wisdom, banya, discernment, ability to sense this is this, that's that, this comes from there, this goes to there, this arises dependent on that, ceases dependent on that, conditionality, dependent arising, dependent ceasing, um, and through that dispassion towards conditions, Mm. It arises from this, it begins with this, this triggers it, this contact impression, this memory, this physical feeling triggers this response. Mm. And all that stirring. And then through mindfulness, through deep attention, noticing it, establishing mindfulness around the tremble, the rush, you know, the, whatever you call it, the clamping, the fear, intensities, mm, mindful, mm, sampajana, it's a kind of alert sensitivity, oh, how is this? Mm. Giving it space, it gives it space with staying in touch with experience, with what's felt. Not saying it shouldn't be felt, it shouldn't have happened. I'm wrong for having this, something's gone wrong, shouldn't be this way. Stop sensing, stop adding more conditions to the mix. Space. Steadiness, openness, dispassion. Mm. This sort of warming effect that happens as the chitta comes out of scramble and panic, intensity and fixation, complaining and criticizing and fearing and regretting. The energy is released, something got warm, acceptance. Mm. Things cease. Mm. You know, the language, you can find your own language, but I'd suggest that's the basic trajectory. Mm. These tonalities become present of uh, firmness, openness, non aversion, non fascination, dispassion that's kindly. Things move on, ceasing. So there's a movement there, a movement. Jitta comes out of its fixed grip state, and it is gentle tones of steadying, opening, grounding, and warming or cooling. Dependent, <laughs> but the sympathetic response, some kind, unforced, not me, just a natural reflex. Oh, things pass. So there's this flexion, this movement, and this is uh, how wisdom works direct wisdom. 
It's not just a matter of intellectually knowing something, it's the correct handling. Uh, It's how to do it. It's not just a philosophical stance, it's a how-to that the jitta begins to learn beyond books, learns in the workshop of the heart, direct experience, learns the flexions. Just like a gymnast or a you know athlete or whatever you know learns they get the ideas they've got to learn it in the ring on the arena practicing tumbling over again and again until they get their feet body starts to line up and know the jitters are rather like that we guide it we support it pick it up start again it learns by itself the reflections of wisdom and they lead to ceasing of the sankhara, the activation, the triggering, the reflex, the compulsion, mm, ceasing. Mm. Mm. So this quality of flexion Flexibility is um, <laughs> it's essential, but it's not even personal. It's just the natural quality of jitta when it's waking up, senses things. It's intelligent. It's a non-intellectual, basic sensitivity that we often, unfortunately, override or have learned to override by our intellect, by our conditioned mind with its speed, performance strategies get this done, sign this off, this is this, this is that faster, sharper, quicker, straighter these kinds of um, Metaphors may fit your experience. The mind kind of runs down these these lines and jumps to conclusions, jumps to automatic, jumps to positions. He's trained to do that. Trained to do that, that's what you get. Incredibly efficient, but also uptight. And... uh, you know, you go down that line too far, you get start, things start to break down. System can't manage it. Yeah, people get so uptight after taking medications to regulate because they've overridden the natural regulation system. The body, breathing, supporting the jitta's ability to regulate itself. Oh, this is too, this is scrambling. Cool, stop, relax. This is sluggish. Wake up, wake up, wake up, tune in. Uh, and so, you know, often we have to kind of verbalize these things to, to get it going, to pick it up. Just like the coach will, will actually, you know, sometimes actually you do a yoga teacher, sometimes it actually physically starts slapping you into shape because you can't, <laughs> or holding it, or, you know, doing this. No. You, Explained it five times. I do it this way till you get it. <laughs> oh, that 
yeah. Oh, that, I didn't know that. Of course you didn't know it. How are you going to know it? You know, how do you know what you don't know? Huh? How do you get to know what you don't know? Right? It's a good puzzle, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to get beyond your knowing, your intellectual knowing, and start to respond to something perhaps more natural, less clear, less uh, programmed, socially derived, to do with the world. So your body's not a bad place to start. Because that certainly experiences, you know, heavy energy, tense energy, scrambled. And so trying to regulate the body through walking, standing, simplification, you know, steady lifestyle. Mm. You need to regulate in this way, sila, and extending sila to things not just not just morality, but also systems and customs, mm. which uh, you know we can cling to, but also can also give tremendous uh, coaching. Body deportment. They train in monastic life. A lot is about systems and customs. You know, put things down carefully. Don't just dot things and rush onto the next thing. You prepare yourself. Don't just scramble in the last minute. You know, of course, you can attach to these as sets of, you know, you know. Regime fixation, <laughs> like anything, it's subject to corruption. But that's what we train in, in order to come out of our fixations, uh, fixated habits. So, it's agility. And agility always referring if you're in. To the to the white to right view, you know, what's the intention? How's this fit into the mesh of the conditions in which I'm living at this particular time? Becoming agile, flexible. Okay, this is what we're in. So how do I adapt to that? Change to that. Flow along with that. According to the right intention. This is skillful to get to be that fluid. This monastery is like this at this time. Somewhere else it's like that at that time. Nikuti is like that at that time. You can adjust some of the systems and customs, keep the basic training, and then you can adjust systems, routines, and so forth. And beginning to get confidence that way and make mistakes and learn, pick yourself up, start again make mistakes, pick yourself up, start again learning, know-how, how do you else you're going to know what you don't know so you're going to get out of the grip of trying to be right all the time or thinking you're wrong all the time <laughs> it's just how does it feel what are the results, how does it feel this is 
wisdom is deep, wise reflection. Yoni Somani Sikara, Yoni, the womb, the source, the origin. Returning always back to the origin. Where am I coming from? Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know. It's just blind. No, you should know. If you're coming from, you know, aversion, at least know it. How does that feel? Coming from fear. Fear of getting it wrong. Fear of being left out. Fear of being disapproved of. Yeah. No, at least know it. You know, how do you deal with this? Well, breathing in, breathing out, steadying, moment at a time. What's needed? Open, soften, some warming, warming may be needed. But these are the qualities that will begin to arise if you do the fundamental thing, stopping, checking, careful attention. This careful attention takes you from the personal strategies into something more transpersonal. When you're dealing not with how I am and what I should be, but this is fear, this is regret, this is irritation, this is grumpiness. Not just you, it's everybody gets this. How's this feel? What is the right way to meet that experience? Blaming and cursing isn't going to do it. Fascination, wailing and bemoaning isn't going to do it. Blaming somebody else isn't going to do it. Yeah. Justifying isn't going to do it. Okay. Quiet and that. Dispassion. Right response can come through. So there's a turning there. Hmm. I think it's really helpful to keep remembering that. Because, of course, you know, one of the issues, if you like, it may not be an issue for you personally, but it's the higher role of concentration or samadhi. Is this just fixated? Can there be agility in samadhi? You're just fixated on something, step, you know, firmly ground. Can there be any agility? If they can't, what's the what's the use of it? If they can, is that really concentration? No. Well, you know, if you look in the uh, suttas, you see the Buddha oft refers to where my purified mind was concentrated. I directed it to the destruction of the taints. He directed it, so it certainly seems capable of movement. He goes through these various jhana processes to purify and then directing it. So it seems, yes, there's agility. Agility remains. It helps us to perhaps to understand, you know, get a, at least examine what is meant by samadhi. And here, of course, the one of the Problems is that we have in Theravada commentaries by and large established samadhi as fixation on a single point, which you then establish a countersign from. Going to that, then you get into some 
sublime state, but say wisdom is impossible in this state. So you've got to withdraw from that in order to develop insight. So some teachers say, well, don't even bother. It's too much work to do, and you've got to withdraw from it anyway. But you see, this whole thing is not an issue in the suttas, where the Buddha doesn't talk about withdrawing from it, and he doesn't talk about fixation on an object. He talks about, you know, (laughs) the mind (laughs) purifying, collecting itself, gathering itself together, not being scrambled, gathering itself together, the jitta being gathered together, collected, refined, cleaned. But it's not fixated on a point, it's actually gathered into itself. And what is itself? Well, there's knowing, there's awareness, that's a fundamental property. It's sensitive, it's intelligent. And collecting into that aware, sensitive intelligence. And as we all recognize this quality of, you know, look at it directly yourself. You you hear something, you feel something, you touch something, something's a shiver, isn't there? It's a sort of, it ripples. And it can produce a lot of energy. Rushing, and energy can get blocked and stagnated and stuck. So there's a lot of energy in that, that, that formation. Jitta Sankara, the formations of the Jitta. And this is what the process is purifying. Those energies are to be purified so that activations, the formations, the impulses, the reflexes, the jump, the surge, the crash of the Jitta, Jitta Sankara is cleaned, purified. You have purification. How do you do that? Okay, here we go again, breathing in, breathing out. <laughs> Practicing loving kindness, steadying, firming, you know, the whole story. But you're not fixated on an object, you're holding the jitta within a frame of reference. Just stay with this theme and be sensitive to this theme, which is, you know, we're using body. So as the nervous energies of the body calm down, steady, and the jitta also, its energies calm down and steady. Because they are they are symbiotic, and so the result. So this is a process purifying. And there is this sankara, and then you have not just those which are these are also embedded. They're historical. They're called acquisitions, upadi. Acquisitions, they're habitual. So habitual they seem like me. And so one of the the signs to look out for is the sense of me appearing, being felt. And when you get that sense, it's extremely compelling. It seems to be the centre of this life is me, which of course it gets placed at the centre of this life. It's the orientation of our normal life, the me sense. But as you recognise, the me sense is never really that happy, or steady, or quiet, or peaceful, or sublime. It's busy little thing, trying to hold it all together. Because if it doesn't, the chaos, 
So it's a very unsafe refuge, and we're gradually cultivating another center, which is about virtue, firmness, steadiness. Yeah. So that begins to replace this me sense. So whenever the me sense comes in, there's no point arguing with it, debating with it, quarreling with it, just what's happening, to use another language. Not using the thinking language, but use the thinking, detect that, uh uh-huh, what's happening? You know, flustering, tensing up, fear. Okay, you got it. Pause. Widen, soften your intentions, take your time. Breathing in, breathing out, feeling your body, sensing how that is. What's needed. Take your time till this response begins to emerge, open, steadying, kindly. Things pass. End of that one. For now. (laughs) Probably going to come back again, so you do it again. You get more familiar with it. This is your, 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 you know, gymnastics, you could say. Your yoga. Yoga of the mind. Get flexible. Uh, And with this simplification process, you, you begin to you know, distill the essence, which is the whole yoniso process, instead of going to the scrambling of what they did and what I could and what they never and how I'm not and what I should and they should and I don't and I can't and what was and this happened 10 years ago because of this, this kind of thing which has its own truth in, in, in terms of the conceptual mind but doesn't get you out. And so Yoniso get to the source of what's happening right now. Resistance, fear, desperation, escapism, trying to get out, passion, flaring. To address that, steadying. Where's the steadying? When the jitter seems overwhelmed, well, steadying is the most important thing. If that's standing, it's standing. If it's walking, it's walking. If it's breathing, it's breathing. If it's reciting a mantra, it's reciting a mantra. Steadying. So you've got some way of just not being swept away in the tides of these asawa floods, flooding outflows that sweep the jitter away. When my mind is purified, concentrated, I directed it towards the ending of the asava. Thus, this is suffering. This is the origin. This is the cessation. This is the path. This is the description of the Buddha's enlightenment. So it's certainly a bit of, yeah, he's not fixated, is he? Seems a little bit of mental activity going on there. <laughs> to direct it, <laughs> to direct it, and then to begin to, ah, this is this. Some, what's the movement? The movement is a wisdom. 
not changing the focus, the movement is the movement of wisdom, which you cultivate from day one. You know, basic gymnastics, you cultivate it from day one before you have to do the high wire act. Keep on your feet, stay flexible, don't panic. You keep that your basic training. Sense what's around you, sense where you are, feel safe and comfortable in that. Your basic training, you can flow. Fortunately, the Buddha, this is while he's cultivating jhana, which he describes. Again, this is where. There's a certainly a distinction between the suttas and the commentaries. The suttas in jhana, you are fixated. There's no wisdom. In the suttas, you're not fixated. There is wisdom. The Buddha's in this jhana state, whatever that is, you know, and he's saying, my mind is now purified, I can direct it. The ending of the asavas. Otherwise, why bother? Yeah, and so... These jhanas, you got the four of them. You probably looked at the list and felt a bit, what's that? <laughs> yeah. But you look at the images, first one, there's some mental activity, some directing of thought, and the body is suffused with happiness and ease. Mm-hmm. And gradually, the thought process calms down, so you're doing it much more intuitively much more just sensing and feeling less thought, stiller, tranquil. And then the fourth, the images of covering the body with a white sheet. So one covers the entire body with a pure, bright mind. That's what it says. So certainly there's some kind of movement happening there and it's embodied. And it's the jitta is extending itself, its purity, its freedom from snags, freedom from blurs, freedom from blots, stains, extending it over the entire body. And that state then directing it towards where do these uh, blemishes and stains arise from? Asawa. So it's kind of deep penetration. This purification leads to liberation. So Visuddhi supports Vimutti. They're not quite the same, but um, uh, Vimutti, liberation, Visuddhi, purification. And this medium, this context of meditation, which is another way of translating the word jhana, Meditation. You're definitely in your topic, you're on topic, you're with it. And there's a deepening into that. And there's a sense of increasing sense of ease and comfort. You're on track. Mm. And so people, well, how much? Because you've got the, how deep you have to go when the Buddha says, well, even first jhana is a condition for the severing of the asava. So first jhana means the thoughtfulness, thoughtful consideration. And there's a sense of happiness 
refreshment. One isn't strained and there's a sense of ease. You know, it doesn't seem that far off, really. At times it does. <laughs> but, you know, if you're doing a retreat, you know, this is the use of, essentially, you know, the use of thoughtful, spacious, trained consideration. Vitaka Vichara, sensing something and lingering around it and how's this feel and directing it not towards me, mine, what I think, what I should be, but directing it towards firmness. Where can you feel that? Openness, space, spaciousness, and response comes through that. Something flows, which is releasing, comforting, you know. Um, so there's process. We stay in touch with the process. You feel good about the process. You trust the process. You just do the process and see where it goes. That's how you learn. And it's going to take you into where all these snags and blemishes are, which is somewhat daunting at times but you know you take your time working through it conditions so beginning to untangle the web of conditions And through that uh, agility, so the ability for wisdom to discern unconditioned. So if we liken conditions to be the web, the weave, like a net, everything connects to things, you know, emotions connect to body, other people's actions connect to your heart, contact gives rise to this, dependent arising, of this and that and the other. Attitudes and assumptions give rise to this. Skillful conduct, happiness of heart gives rise to this. If that ends, it gives rise to that. In the web of conditions. Uh, But then the interesting thing is literally you don't have to, you know, not have them. (laughs) Right, like a net, you see every net this big amount of space, the mesh, and essentially untangling the net so you can begin to sense the space, the mesh. This is sublime, this is peaceful, the stilling of sankharas, the abandonment of the acquisitions of body, the destruction of craving, dispassion, ceasing, nibbana, the stilling of sankharas, all these activated energies, just steadying them, not even not destroying them, but just smoothing them out, 
steadying them out because this is how we, we have to live with this and stilling it steadying it directly abandonment of acquisitions the abandonment of the old views and habits and personality position and obviously you're going to learn you've got to abandon the old positions the old ideas and assumptions of what I am destruction of craving that thrust that thirst that grabbing dispassion ceasing ceasing jitta quieting as it begins to experience unfettered state doesn't need to be active doesn't need to be doing things because we're in an unfettered state liberation, nibbana so so really when we're looking at this kind of so often the pivotal piece in this is sankhara acquisitions your acquisition will speak in terms of I am you know in, in different ways or I should it's a very powerful acquisition it's called fear we don't recognize it as such because it's been there as the sense of there will be blame, punishment collapse, danger if, if I don't so it's a kind of you know, it's a dog whistle so is that true? not done enough not good enough should do more make more happen do more what's that? These some of these programs also depletion you know when jitter hasn't been properly cared for or attended overridden there's a sense of almost like an exhaustion of the heart it's not been fed so desperately trying to have something to get fed with you know, we start with food that doesn't quite work you know, drinks it doesn't quite work I mean, Sunny days, that's nice, but doesn't quite work. <laughs> Friendly chat, that's nice, but doesn't quite work enough. <laughs> you know, these are not evil, are they? They're not evil things, they're allowed. Saying so what what really does work? You know, maybe they support it, but what does fill you up? Well, refreshment and ease. And that's through meditation. Now, as soon as you say I should have it, then we've missed the point, because again, this is not this is trans, it's a transpersonal. Where does the body feel that? That's the easiest way. You, it's not the final way, but it's the easiest way to get a handle on something that's not personal. What the body reflexes do? When do they feel threatened, challenged, and when do they feel comfortable? When do they feel stressed and strained? When do they feel comfortable? When does the heart feel steady? When does it feel rigid? Yeah. See, so Ewing is kind of sati sampajano, alert, mindful, sensitivity. Yeah. 
and flexing it, questioning. You only saw Manisikara get to the point. So these are, you know, abandoning the regrets of what one should have done, and so on. Using the what's called the treasures of the, of the living spiritual life, loving kindness, compassion, gladness, appreciation, serenity, ability to just stay serene through the ups and downs of it all. These heart treasures. So the more that we're able to flex our attention to natural heart qualities and get out of the, you know, the should do, I am program, we can have access to the stream of liberation. This is why this stream entry is really, you know, in so many similes and, and examples, is getting away from that I am, that Sakaya Ditti thing. I should, I'm not, I am, they think I am, he feels that I'm not, they want me to be. This is going nowhere useful, it's just tangling everything up. Let's get to, directly to this feeling of pressure or fear or irritation or, you know, uh, or trying to be right all the time. You can't be right all the time. Can you? Unless you're some kind of narcissist, megalomaniac says that, but a true person says, oh, yeah, didn't quite get that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, sort of good enough for now. That's the people you trust. <laughs> it's not rigid, is it? They got flex in it. Someone tries to cold you, you know, inclines towards that qualities. And we learn. This is the learner's process. So mindfulness, you know, purification of mindfulness means it refers to qualities rather than to self. That's why the fourth foundation, fourth establishment, referring to qualities rather than self. It's this purification of mindfulness, the right view. This is how we cultivate. Let's take some time for direct practice and uh, enjoy and take your your time. Some reflexes are pretty deep, troubled, ingrained, need a lot of lingering over and steadying and openness to allow them to unfold. So imagine you're untangling a tangled up net. And sometimes it's pretty, you've got to be pretty patient and just, best thing is to put it in something like warm water where it'll begin to unfold of itself rather than getting frantic and picking and scrambling. You know, put it somewhere warm and open. It will tend to unfold by itself. This is the atmosphere 
and the environment of bhavana cultivation.